0: believe that the chinese government steals technology from u.s companies congressman i think it's well documented that the chinese government steals technology from american companies yeah,
1: thank you china well of course all four tech titans said the same thing at the hearing yesterday oh wait a minute uh, what's that the controller was talking to- oh ho, ho, ho. no they mostly chickened out and said I, I, i'm not saying anything they haven't stolen from me not that I know of specifically, like the guy and exactly what he stole. And
0: don't, I think, don't ask me that. Maybe you didn't recognize the voice there of Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook, but I really appreciated him saying out loud what is obviously true. And you're going out of your way to, uh, <laughs> to be uh, disingenuous if you don't say that. Yeah. I think it's well known that yeah. China's stealing constantly, which gets to this. And I hope this doesn't end up being too, uh, I'll keep it short. For people who are bored by super wonky geopolitical stuff. But I thought this was really interesting. I I like history. I like geopolitics. And I definitely think the battle with China. I don't think. I know. And so does everybody else who's paying attention. The battle between the United States and China is the
1: coming century. That sounds a little racist to me. Signed, stupid idiots.
0: But for decades now, President Nixon and Henry Kissinger have gotten credit for, quote, opening China. And the idea was that China was a closed-off society, but was, you know, was the biggest country on Earth. And, uh, and they're going to go one way or the other. Eventually, they're going to get their act together. And we'd rather have them in our sphere than the Soviet Unions at the time.
1: Build bridges, not walls, Jack.
0: And, uh, and only Nixon could go to China. It, that, that phrase means what it means because Nixon made his bones as an anti-communist. So nobody was worried that he was like soft on communism or something like that by going right. over to meet Mao. Right. Um, but the idea was that uh, we would we would open up China and they would uh, they would get a little taste of, uh, of of buying goods and capitalism and having cool cars and air conditioners and refrigerators and all that sort of stuff and and then they'd just open up their society and become more or less like us. That was that was the hope for. All that, those years. Was that kind of the playbook they ran with Russia to a certain degree of success? Am, am I wrong in that?
1: Uh, no, it was similar. The uh, glasnost and uh, what was the uh, perestroika and all the, the softening, the opening, etc. with Reagan. but Only the, Reagan could go to Gorbachev. But so Pompeo
0: gave his speech the other day at the Nixon Library. And it caught some people's attention that he used the phrase that he he said, and that may have been a good idea. He didn't say it was a good idea. He said it may have been a good idea. As the think tank crowd is changing their opinion on this whole idea of nixing opening China And that not only was it a bad idea, but we got played. And there's a book called The Hundred Year Marathon, China's Secret Strategy to Replace America as a Global Superpower, written by a man called Michael Pillsbury. He would know what he was talking about because he was in the administration going way back to the 60s and on through the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. But he was involved in all these talks and trying to set it up between China and Nixon and everybody else and he says that the documentation is now out and available that shows that nixon didn't open china mao made the decision that pulling the united states in close to them was a good plan to try to grow off the strength of the united states so that they could someday replace us right it was it was it was their doing not our doing it wasn't some brilliant chess move manipulating we drew them in no they oh, they drew us in oh boy is the uh, is the belief of Pil- Pillsbury who was involved in the, the talks at the time I'll read a little bit from this this piece on it because it's pretty interesting uh Pillsbury served as an intelligent asset blah 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 looking back it's painful that i was so gullible Pillsbury writes across more than four decades, senior American officials gambled that the U.S. assistance would help transform China into a responsible international stakeholder or even a representative democracy. That bet never paid off. Pillsbury wanted to understand how American policymaking had gone so wrong. And the 100 year marathon is a product of the self-critical reexamination that he was involved with. To begin with, it isn't really true that Nixon and Kissinger opened the door to China. Mao let them in. Pillsbury goes so far as to argue that. History of normalized Sino-American relations started off with a myth. And he was the guy that made this happen. He's been getting the credit for decades. This is powerful. For helping put this together. And he's saying, I was wrong. I got played. Wow. Um, Wow. So it's not just a a critique from the outside. This is a guy who was on the inside.
1: Man, I thought the argument was, like we say in golf, not every good putt goes in. It was a good idea. It was a solid idea. It would have worked if Xi Jinping hadn't arisen, but no, it was, we were played. I'll be danged. Yeah. Pillsbury cites five
0: written works, uh, that rely on archival evidence to strongly dispute Kissinger's account of Chinese strategy, including his claim that there was real hope for long-term Sino-American cooperation. These critics propose an alternative theory, namely that China's strategy successfully manipulated not only Kissinger, but also later American leaders. Mistranslations played a role in America's misbegotten strategy, too, according to Pillsbury. At one point during their meetings, uh, the foreign minister of China told Kissinger's interpreter that America is the Ba. This was relayed to Kissinger as America is the leader, a seemingly innocuous remark, Pillsbury says. It turns out that it means um, Ba means tyrant. And we we went with they. You were the leader, and you know we're, oh, thank we're happy you. to be involved with them. No, they declared we're a tyrant. Oh my gosh! Pillsbury wonders if the history of U.S. Chinese Chinese relations would have been different had Kissinger understood the way China's top leaders really saw America as a Nazi-style tyranny and not a true ally or partner. We will never know, of course. This is the part I really like. As the title of the book makes clear, Pillsbury concluded that the CCP is running a 100-year marathon to supplant America as the world's top power. We've heard that recently from the Secretary of State and from the FBI director. Well, and from Xi Jinping. And Well, yes. The CCP's strategy is based on patience and deception, as the hegemon should not be confronted from a position of relative weakness. The hegemon being us, the United States. You don't want to confront us when you're weak. Mao, where Mao was at the time, and he knew that. Over time, the challenger, this is going back to uh, ancient beliefs in China and things that they've learned over centuries of diplomacy and dealing with various situations. Um, The hegemon should not be confronted from a position of relative weakness. Over time, the challenger can become stronger by stealing from the hegemon.
1: Would they do that? This reflected Ask Tim Cook this re- from Apple.
0: This reflected an ancient stratagem to kill with a borrowed sword. Wow!
1: This is what China has been up to since 1970 when they first met with Nixon. I was just gonna say Chairman Mao was thinking, we can't finance world domination. Who's got the money? The Great Satan's got the money. We'll get it from them. And that you say that's an ancient Chinese philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and,
0: and it's it's uh, through and through in their culture. They they learned it from the Warring States period. That gets into a complicated thing, but th- this, is the, this is their belief about the way the
1: world works. Yeah. Say that stuff before the Borrowed Sword about you can't confront the hegemon what while was that it's weak. Before the Borrowed Sword... Well, that's right Before that, I want to <laughs> right. memorize that the CCP
0: strategy is based on patience and deception, as the hegemon should not be confronted from a position of relative weakness. Over time, the challenger can become stronger by stealing from the hegemon. This is reflected in an ancient strategy to kill with the borrowed sword. Wow. Thus, according to Pillsbury, the Chinese used the Americans just as they had used the Soviets, extracting military and economic assistance from one major rival and in the name of countering the other. Pillsbury recounts all the ways America built up the Chinese state, a staggering transfer of economic, scientific, and military know-how that is difficult to justify now. Oh, yeah.
1: Keep it coming. We'll be your buddy. Just keep it coming,
0: they and I, said. And I think, like you said, this is all the more powerful coming from the guy that was in charge. He came yeah. up with this plan. Yeah. I mean, he's got every reason to hide this.
1: So here and he is to, saying, my life's work was a screw-up. Oh, it's completely wrong. Whew. And I'm
0: embarrassed, but... They they drew us in yeah. It's like, you know, if you think you're picking up a hot dude or a hot chick When they're actually It's the other way around mm. I mean, they're picking you up for, for evil intentions
1: Right, to give you a roofie and take your wallet Yeah, yeah. or whatever Right uh, Do we have time? I think that is absolutely freaking fascinating uh, th- That's a bl- geopolitical blockbuster
0: Oh, uh, it's, it's one of the biggest things that has happened in the history of the planet That is not an exaggeration Clearly no
1: China, don't trust China! Especially because we don't know how this ends. I mean, if it ends with mushroom clouds, then it's absolutely the biggest thing that's ever happened.
0: Or just China winning the war of everything, economics, military strength, everything, and the world becomes more like China and less like the United States. Nobody has freedom anywhere in the world. It's yeah. the... It's the the totalitarian state dominating the world
1: for centuries to come. The subjugation of billions of people for centuries. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty significant. Which is
0: absolutely on the table. And if you don't think it is, you're a child.
1: So, uh, listen, we made a couple of references to Tim Cook and Mark Zuckerberg and, and, and China and the rest of it. If you're a little mystified by that, you're just tuning in or you didn't follow the news yesterday. We'll explain to you what happened at the big tech titans hearing on Capitol Hill. And a friend of mine in tech uh, texted me with, a, uh, with an amen to what we've just been talking about that will uh, get your attention. It's uh, it's amazing. Cool. So uh, that and, and much more to come. Oh, some pretty important vid news, what colleges are planning to do in the fall. Uh, more in just egregious media lying, all sorts of stuff. So hang around. Don't go away. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong
0: and Getty Show. I could be a billionaire
1: if I wasn't We take you now to the halls of Congress where the heads of Apple and Google and Facebook and Amazon are being grilled by our beloved leaders.
0: A question for all four, a uh, yes or no answer. Do you believe that the Chinese government steals technology from U.S. companies? Start with Mr.
1: Cook. Uh, I don't know of specific cases where we uh, have been stolen from uh, by the government.
0: So you don't believe that the Chinese government is stealing technology from U.S. companies or you're just saying that not from yours?
1: I'm saying uh, I I know of no case on ours where it occurred, which is I can only speak to first-hand knowledge.
0: Mr. Pichai. Do you believe that
1: the Chinese government
0: steals technology from United States companies? Uh, Congressman, uh, uh, I have no firsthand knowledge of uh, any information stolen from Google, in this regard. Mr. Zuckerberg? Uh, Congressman, I think it's well-documented that the Chinese government steals technology from American companies. Yeah, thank, you. thank you. Mr. Bezos? I'm on Mississippi, two Mississippi, three. You're
1: on mute. Mr. Bezos, I believe you're on mute. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm saying I have heard
0: many reports of that, and I I haven't seen it personally, but I've heard many reports of it. I so of it. all the different products that Amazon carries, you haven't seen that uh, in any of it?
1: Um, I loved how, number one, Bezos obviously had to tailor his answer uh, in the wake of Zuckerberg's yes. straightforwardness. <clears throat> and, uh, and I also love how when finally somebody said, uh, Senator, it's well documented that the Chinese government steals technology from American companies. The, uh, the the guy questioning said, thank you, with just a delightful sprinkle of sarcasm. So I got this note from a friend of mine who's, uh, well, involved in, in a technological field. Chinese theft of technology is happening in the wide open. When we unveiled our invention at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas in 2013, the first day was called China Day. Chinese nationals... Would zip through the entire show taking pictures and video and stealing as much information as they could. As that, and they were on planes that night heading back to China. Wow. Everybody there knew about it and talked about it. And I mean about a hundred thousand Chinese nationals. We were warned to protect our stuff as much as possible. We were offered first class trips to China so they could do our manufacturing. We declined. So the idea that, that, uh, that Tim Cook and, uh, Sundar Pichai would, not answer the question, instead answer a different question that hadn't been asked. It's just, I mean, it is so nakedly kowtowing to the communist Chinese. And it's clear why. They do billions of business there. And if they don't kowtow to the oppressors of a billion people, the runners of concentration camps, they'll lose profit.
0: At some point, patriotism is going to have to win out. Or, Or just humanity.
1: I mean, it is inhumane to prop up the Chinese communist oh, sure. government.
0: They're they're actually an evil country right. on a human level. Evil Tim government. Cook,
1: What you're doing is is d- disgusting. And I am l- a big Apple fan. Sure. I love your products. I do. Um. But you just George Will said this. Um, about conservatism, love them, hate them, disagree with them, or whatever, but you can't dispute this. One of the hallmarks of conservatism is you have to be honest and recognize what is and deal with it. You can't live in a fantasy land of rhetoric. Um, and, and you know, as much as I love Apple, I, I am forced to recognize they do a hell of a lot of business with one of the most evil regimes that has ever existed on planet Earth, well, you gotta lower your ideals of freedom if you want to suck on the warm teat of China. Not True to, words never spoken.
0: Hate to hammer this too much, but um, so the, the Department of Justice indicted Huawei in 2019, and now some of the emails and the facts are out. <clears> and I won't get into all this, but it's really interesting. Eight steps Huawei took to steal um, from T-Mobile and cover it up, and it's it's really something. Hmm. The pressure that China put on uh, Huawei, U.S. Huawei engineers to send back proprietary information to take pictures of the latest thing and send it back to, to China. Um, and, and the emails are just amazing. It's just a full-on
1: uh, government in bed with Huawei effort to steal our best stuff. Maybe you ought to uh, send that to Tim Cook. Cause he's missed that he didn't he didn't catch that story.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hope that for a guy like Tim Cook or a lot of companies that they're 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 working behind the scenes quietly to figure out how to get un- untangled. And it's just a situation where look, I'm I'm running a company. We have all these shareholders. We're worth billion. We're the most valuable company in the world at various times. Mm-hmm. I can't just all of a sudden announce here in a congressional hearing. <laughs> Say something that, that's going to cause tremendous disruption.
1: Yeah, it, it's entirely possible. And, and look, compared I to hope. a guy like Tim Cook, I am a child. You child. I'm naive, etc. He would say, hey, um, am dumb. We're <laughs> looking for ways to disentangle. For decades, the United States government was encouraging us to engage in trade with China. This is not as simple as spouting off on talk radio. And you know what? It's a decent enough point.
0: Few things are as simple as spouting off on talk radio.
1: (laughs) No kidding. (laughs) Um, (laughs) At at the same time, though, I think it's important for uh, those of us who do care about human rights and the rest of it to keep spouting. Oh, yeah. And keep pushing them. pressure needs to be uh, exerted.
0: Keep pushing them in case they're not working behind the scenes to disentangle from having products made by slave labor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, a complete transition. I came across this uh, in Politico. Jack Schaefer, who's their senior, senior media writer, um, wrote a, a piece, I think it was yesterday. The media's biggest favor to Biden was to ignore him. And, uh, and, and some of the this. somewhat forgotten truths about old Joe Biden.
0: Okay, cool. I want to hear this. It's his third run, and he's had two disastrous runs. His most successful one, he's staying in the basement.
1: Armstrong and Getty.
0: According to a new study, people over six feet tall are more likely to get the coronavirus. That's a relief, said every man on Tinder who's been lying about his height.
1: Mm. That's what we hear. The gals like a lanky fella, so they lie about their height. I find it disgusting.
0: But men don't care about women's height at all,
1: really. No, no. I mean, with very rare exceptions.
0: But probably more, uh, you know, not to be uh, painful, but probably more care more about weight than women do about a man's weight, I'm guessing.
1: Mm-hmm. Again, within reason. Sure. Yeah. The media's biggest favor to Biden was to ignore him, writes Jack Schaefer, Politico's senior media writer. I don't know much about Jack Schaefer. I don't recall his, uh, you know, which way he swings or anything like that, but... There's a good reason why Democrats shut Joe Biden out in 1988 and 2008 when he ran for president. Well, that's something, isn't it? He ran twice, 20 years apart, and the second one was 12 years ago. Anyway. He ran in
0: 2008
1: when Obama ran? Yeah. Yeah, I uh, saw a shot of him on stage uh, in a debate. And then he dropped the out,
0: like, right after Iowa? Or, I mean, because he had a dismal finish there.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was when he got 1% in Iowa in When he
0: he's
1: When out. he's run and been out there
0: every day, giving speeches and everything like that, he's done very, very poorly.
1: When he gets murdered, which is why I, I was arguing quite strenuously. Turns out I was wrong. There's no way he's going to be the nominee. <laughs> he's
0: terrible at running for president. He never got above 1%. Right. Ever. Right. And now he might be president. That's really uh, quite amazing.
1: So there's good reason why they shut him out And he had the good sense to sit out the 2016 contest, writes Jack Schaefer in Politico. He rambles. He plagiarizes. He flip-flops. Over his long career in Washington, he has become the human embodiment of the political gaffe. The press has documented Biden's limitation in such detail that if the presidency was a regular occupation and Joe's press clips were job references, his recruiter would dump his application in a waste can without even bothering to send him an insincere note wishing him luck elsewhere. But instead of hammering him and pouring vinegar on his wounds, the press has bestowed, quote, strange new respect status upon Biden, strange new respect being the clever trope Tom Bethel invented to describe the press corps' sudden shift from negative to positive coverage of a politician. That happens often, happened to both Clintons, to Obama, even to Trump. With Biden, though, there's a twist. In this case, positive coverage, the kind of wet kiss treatment that helps a dented and flawed candidate slide right into the White House, consists primarily Of ignoring him. Which I thought was a good point. This isn't to suggest the campaign reporters blew off the assignment. Politico's Ben Schreckinger explored middle-class Joe's family fortunes. Everybody reprised his plagiarism scandal. The politically convenient revision of his get-tough criminal justice policies got an airing, and the press chased the sexual assault allegations leveled against him. God, I'd forgotten about that. But especially in the early going, when he was busy losing both Iowa and New Hampshire, something a presidential candidate is not supposed to do the coverage seemed more about writing off his candidacy than obliterating it it's it's funny having read this piece the long and short of it is Nobody really thought it was worth covering Biden. Well, come. Well, why
0: would you? He finished fourth in Iowa this time around. Right. Having never done well ever before, he finished fourth in Iowa, I think fourth in New Hampshire, because I looked this up the other day, then got beat th- by 30 points by Bernie in Nevada. Why would you cover his campaign any more than you would have covered who else was down there toward the bottom, mm-hmm. um, you know, that was running? Uh, Michelle Bachmann. Uh, no, that's the uh, the Republican who didn't. Yeah. Well, who is the uh, the crazy woman, Marianne Williamson? Marianne Williamson. He 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 barely was better than Marianne Williamson. Yeah. How much how much attention are you going to pay to him?
1: Yep. Till South Carolina came along, and then uh, Jack Schaefer checks off a couple of the big stories. He returned to his old bumbling waves. Begaffing has become so integral to his personality he doesn't apologize for it anymore. I am a gaff machine. He conceded in December of twenty eighteen. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black, he told a black radio host. You Earl,
0: can embrace it and then pull it off in a way. George W. Bush was pretty good at that. You know, just kind of <laughs> hanging on the fact. Hey, my <laughs> mom always said that I don't get my words rightly all the time. You know, that sort of thing. Right,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so it's funny. Can it, he the combination cruise? of bias and it seems... You know what? Honestly, it does seem odd to beat up on Biden. Number one, he's really old. And and you hate to beat up on an old guy. And we all saw what happened to Corn Pop. Didn't go through well for him either. <laughs> well, that's right. Corn Pop thought he could get over on Biden. Well, Corn Pop was a bad dude. About got a chain wrapped around his head for his trouble. Um, So he's old. He's really a nice fella. I mean, he's flawed and he's goofy and the rest of it. But everybody says he's a nice guy. Yeah. Kind. Yeah. Decent. Um, and, and just, and there's virtually nothing new you can write about him. And, and by new, I mean like less than 40 years old.
0: Yeah. Oftentimes, if you've been around for a while, they hit you with it. Well, he's got a long record to pick apart as opposed to somebody new, yeah but he's kind of on the other end of it. It's just, he's been around for so long and so known. It's like, what what, what are you going to bring out that isn't known?
1: Here's a good example for you. A couple of years ago. Uh, I actually came across somebody thinking they were being clever, pointing out that Mick Jagger has big lips, and I was momentarily stunned. I thought, "Who, how, who, are, how out of touch are you that thinks anybody needs to? He's had big lips since 1964. What, are not you, a joke?" And so it would feel like that to talk about Biden. He's a gaffe machine, you know? Yeah, we've known that since 1980. So, yeah, and, and it's uh, you know it's a rather long piece, and I'm summarizing it, but Jack Schaefer nails it. Just everybody's kind of flabby about writing about Biden.
0: So Mark Halperin, as uh, he always used to say, following politics, that everybody gets their time in the barrel. Everybody, you run in for office, you'll, you'll go through a week or two where you're just getting it from all sides. Will Biden have that? Or no. will he will he be able to cruise like this clear up till election day? Just kind of unscrutinized. Does the, the stuff during like the Dem debates not count? Because I feel like he had that uh, surrounding kind of the Kamala Harris uh, busing thing and when Bernie was running away with. I feel like he yeah, was getting it,
1: kind but they, of. it was more a um, look a fight a fight a fight about how, what a great line that was. Kamala Harris got off, and right, then that right. went away. Twenty four hours later it was just a it was a flash in the pen. Um but, Well the sex scandal was dumb. He actually didn't, you know,
0: shouldn't get beat up for that. Mm-hmm. Um the hunter stuff, I don't blame him for his kid. Now maybe there's some other stuff on you know, what was going on in Ukraine and profiting in the family, I don't know, but somebody'd have to dig that up.
1: The China thing to me is more hinky and nobody wants to talk about that for some reason, but um so you got to your uh, he, he's old, he, he's a nice feller, swimming
0: it's, naked with the secret service women, but that's come and gone, and nobody just seems to
1: right yeah well and, I got and, hairy legs that <laughs> seems like a, that
0: seems like a much bigger deal to me than anything that uh, Stuart Smalley did,
1: and so to, to finish and then the it's all been written before, combined with a desperate, an overwhelming need to get rid of Trump. Yeah. So no, oh, yeah. he's not going to spend his time in the barrel. No way. Mm. Forget it. And we'll just have to see how it goes. If he can avoid debating, avoid a press conference.
0: I just keep wondering if this is going to turn into a real like a normal presidential election at some point. I mean, we do have there. There are quite a few days. Ninety, what ninety-five or something like that. Now it's three months. Um, but is it going to become? Because normally during a presidential election, you got. Six speeches a day by both candidates and nonstop news coverage of what they said. And then they start criticizing each other. And it's just, you know, and dip, digging into their past and long articles written about this and that. and mm. But that just hasn't happened.
1: No, you know, I, I don't want to be hasty and say that's not going to happen, but it's not, it. it's not, gonna, <laughs> it's not going to happen
0: much. Yeah. Well, part of it can't happen unless something changes with the COVID. You're not right. going to have six speeches. In, in five different states, like no. would normally happen.
1: Yeah, although that kind of Which stuff is overrated anyway.
0: Yeah, but it would have killed Biden. Yes. It would have yeah. exposed his biggest weakness. Yes. Because he'd have gotten to that 8 o'clock speech in Arizona, where he's where he's been up for 15 hours. and he Decides
1: to ad lib a little bit. And
0: given a half dozen speeches, and he's worn out, and his old man brain isn't working. That would have that would have been tough for him. I,
1: I mean, it's just, I mean, I, 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 anyway. And he lists corn pop as a founding father or whatever, and you know James Madison, corn pop, George Washington. If he gets elected
0: president, history will forget that the greatest gift for him is that everything broke playing to his strengths and away from his weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Just, just it just did.
1: Will there be even one debate? Yes or no?
0: <sighs> I don't know. I'll bet there's one but i i think it's going to be such a weird format that yeah but I, will they even be in the same building no. um, they you don't, don't need think to, so they don't no. need to be um but that that, that see that again that plays t- t- away from trump's strengths and away from biden's weaknesses yes. if, if trump can't yeah. do the personality crowd <laughs> thing
1: and that he's so good at my answer to my own question is truly cowardly. I'm saying, no, there won't be a debate, and I'm 51% sure. 49%, yes, there will be. Yeah, I, I don't
0: think there'll be anything close to a regular debate. I mean, obviously no crowd, but yeah. So they do some well, sort of split uh, Everybody hates Zoom. the crowds.
1: If there ever is a crowded debate again, I need an explanation for that. Everybody has said the same thing. This is way better without. I agree. I agree. Well, it's it's to reward donors. The donor gets a seat and gets the you know claim they were there. But ugh, I hate the crowds at debates. I lean closer to no debate at all every day.
0: Uh, initially, I thought there was going to be one or two, but every day that goes by, I, I think it makes more sense
1: that Biden certainly doesn't want it. Well, and, and if I'm Biden's people, I come up with a really reasonable but strong sounding demand for certain ground rules. Yes. The, the White House has still not gotten back to us on our ground rules. You can milk that for several days. I think, And then go with, their response was a joke. We uh, insist on fair ground rules.
0: I think somebody, Joe Lockhart is a big political guy. He was somebody's press spokesman. We talked about this yesterday. Him writing an article in Time that Joe Biden shouldn't debate. I think, yeah. If If there are people at that level... Saying that, there's a decent chance he doesn't debate. Why, why wouldn't Joe Biden just say, unless there's going to be a fact checker, I'm not doing it? Exactly. That's one of those Completely. ground rules I was talking about. That's yep. ridiculous. Sure. Ab- the idea it's laughable. of f- a live <laughs> fact checker is is absolutely ridiculous, yes. but I think it would work. Yeah.
1: Particularly as it will be amplified and repeated by virtually every single media outlet in America.
0: Well, Tom Friedman wrote that in the New York Times. He said, these are the things Joe Biden should demand. Real-time fact-checking. Okay, so he's already got the cover from a couple of different you know, heavyweights in intelligentsia. So, no. yeah, we'll have no debate. That's absolutely amazing.
1: No presidential debate leading up to an election. Formerly respected, uh, very respected Tom Friedman, who now really ought to put on the big shoes and the red nose.
0: Well, it's the weirdest year ever. Why wouldn't more weird stuff happen?
1: Go get in a tiny car with a bunch of your fellow clowns, Tom Friedman, huh? Oh, yeah. Huh? Call him a clown. I get there you it. Okay. go. I feel the back of my hand, <laughs> and just rhetorically so, speaking.
0: And just so we don't have to bring them back up again, uh, next segment, uh, Trump did tweet out today that because of mail-in voting and everything like that, should we delay the election until people can properly, securely, oh, safely it. vote? I
1: knew it. I said, you're kidding me. It's a dictatorship. So the He's president... not going to leave
0: down by, you know, double digits here or
1: there, uh, saying they should delay the election. <laughs> he knows exactly what he's doing with that one. Oh, my God. <laughs> there are people actually having fits, having seizures at MSNBC.
0: You
1: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Strike three call. Perhaps guessing something else. Two out. Guessing's harder than knowing. So that that was a nice, subtle dig. Oh, gotcha. Houston Astros involved there? Yeah, this year they have to guess which pitch is coming, Jack, because they don't have someone stealing signs and banging on trash cans. Never forget. That's Phil Collins. That's not the Houston Astros. (laughs) (laughs) Another dugout sounded like. Never cheat. Never forget the cheaters. Yeah.
0: So do you know what plurality means if you're talking about a group? I do indeed. It's not the majority, but it's the biggest group. Right. So they ask people, has the COVID-19 outbreak been treated as a bigger deal than it really is? Made a smaller deal than it really is? Or did we get it about right? The plurality in all the age groups except the very old is made a bigger deal
1: than it really is. Wow. You would not ever guess that based on what you hear from politicians and the media. No. No. That's uh, that's pretty surprising. to me. One more, just uh, as if it was needed, just airtight proof of the great Armstrong and Getty maxim that if you take in reality through the media, you're getting a uh, the funhouse mirror view of the world. That's
0: the main thing I like about these kind of polls because it's it's often completely different than what I got from cable news. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the people under thirty, the plurality, say it's been made a bigger deal than it really is. Uh, people uh, from thirty to fifty, same by quite a bit. Uh, people 50 to 64 also believe it's made a bigger deal. Only those over 65, which are, you know, this is the crowd that it's killing the most. Fair enough. Uh, the plurality is got it about right. There's nobody going with the plurality of made a smaller deal than it really is.
1: Wow. Underplaying wow. it. Yeah. That's something. And yet, yet you have your blue state governors just going crazy, shutting stuff down, fines. I mean, I have too many stories from too many places talking about the fines uh, that are going to be levied and and businesses that are being forced closed and the rest of it. Hmm. As I've said uh, earlier, I know of more and more businesses that are operating, whether the government likes it or not.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: And I, you know, I would never encourage law breaking, Jack, except now I'm encouraging it. Anyway, just keep yourself safe. Keep your customers safe. You have more interest in doing that than the governor does. Sure, sure. So I trust you, my friends. What a college is planning to do in the fall? I'm a little bit more interested than the average person because I have a daughter who's uh, trying to finish up college in the fall. Um, uh, as of uh, July 21st, so this is a week ago. Uh, planning for in person. I was shocked again. Funhouse mirror. I was shocked to see that 48% of the colleges they polled are planning for in-person classes.
0: Half are, huh?
1: Yeah. Proposing a hybrid model, 35%. That is uh, what my daughter's college is doing. Uh, university, whatever. Planning for online, 14%. Uh, considering a range of scenarios, 2.6%. Isn't everybody doing that? Having talking apes teach the class. <laughs> That's one scenario. <laughs> Not teaching at all. <laughs> Screw it. That's another. And then waiting to decide. Point six percent. There you go. Um. That's me. Yeah, I. Uh, I'm, I I'm haven't got around to that yet. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what they're doing. So what, or what why they're doing it, and it's utterly unclear.
0: What's why can half of colleges do in class teaching, but all our public schools? So many of our public schools can't. What's going on there?
1: Uh, there is no justifying it because there isn't, there aren't giant, all-powerful professor uh, unions like there are teachers unions, mm. and and that's what it's about. We mentioned earlier that uh, the te- the big teachers union in America is uh, saying do not have live classes and you need to minimize the amount of online learning.
0: And then, as the Wall Street Journal pointed out, the various governors had to uh, make sure that. Private schools aren't allowed to open either because that would put a lie to what the public schools are saying. If they're able to pull it off, oh yeah,
1: they'd pull it off. Great, the kids would be healthy with less money. Right, the teachers would be protected. They'd find a way. There would be no mass deaths of teachers, and the unions would be exposed for what they are. And so, yeah, the governments, the governors, have to shut down private schools. It's uh, it's a failure of democracy. The more government, the less justice. Remember that, folks. Get it tattooed prominently.
0: They're trying to figure out what went wrong with the uh, the the Marlins, the Florida Marlins. How how have no other teams had any cases, and the Florida Marlins got wiped out by COVID? Who got it? How did that happen?
1: They're partying in uh, Tampa Bay. Is that that? No, that's the Devil Rays. Yeah. The Marlins. There are too many teams in Florida. They play near Miami? Oh, Miami. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're the Miami team. Sorry. Mm.
0: Um. So, uh, the richest
1: man in the world. Well, they're obviously partying in South Beach or Miami Beach or whatever. I mean, it's just different if you're the Chicago Cubs. Going down Rush Street, get hammered maybe, but you're not going to be partying with a bunch of bikini-clad harlots. You think that's it? Lake, uh, you know, Lake Michigan. It's too chilly. You lay the
0: blame at the foot of harlots, bikini-clad harlots. I do. Wow, that's Indeed. interesting. Yes. Uh, Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State, giving a heck of a speech about China. We're going to play a little bit of for you. It's fully on between the United States and China. Wow, I mean, just exciting. it's amazing how much that's moved.
1: Armstrong and Getty.